Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. the darkness on that first Christmas night. It wasn't the immense star so bright that intrigued experts of the night sky to follow it. It wasn't even the multitude of angelic messengers with the light so intense, so radiant, it frightened brave shepherds to fall to their knees. No, this light was far greater more powerful than every star and every sun. This light was a baby, a tiny newborn wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger where animals feed. A baby named Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Because Jesus was a gift for each one of us, and he arrived with a purpose, to shine light into all dark places. You see, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the light. A light that shows us there is no place you can go that can escape God's love. No dark corner where his love cannot find you. A light that has the power to cut through any darkness, to calm the most anxious thoughts, and to fill every heart with unspeakable joy. There is a light that shines brightly in the darkness, and his name is Jesus, light of the world.
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth.
In the darkness we were away Without hope and without light Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin gain the world From the throne of endless glory To a cradle in the dirt Let's worship him. Praise the Father. Oh, praise the Father. Praise the Son. Oh, praise the Sing that again. Praise the Father. Who oh, praise the Christmas. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over all of their flocks at night. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see the light above thy deep the silent stars go round, yet in thy dark streets shine the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all these are Oh, holy child, oh, holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray, cast out our sin and enter in, 
to all of them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem. And see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby, who was lying in that manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary... She treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Let's stand together and join with those angels in singing glory to God in the highest. Angels, we have heard sweetly singing o'er the plains and the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strains. Go, Shepherds, shepherds, why this jubilee? 
of angels will sing
more time. Oh, come. Oh, come, let us adore you. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. You may be seated. Welcome to Peninsula Community Church. We thought we ought to do that at some point this morning. Um, if you are new with us this morning, we want to extend a special welcome to you. Most of you are regulars. You have a worship folder that you were given on the way in. And on the side of that, there's this little flap that we call the Connect. If you could fill that out this morning. If you're brand new with us, we have a gift for you this morning. If you haven't opened presents yet, you got your first one here. Except it's not really a gift because you have to turn in your little connect to get the thing. So I guess it's really not a gift. But we would love for you to take home this morning a Red Joy Christmas mug. And you can think of us throughout the season as you, sell, as you use it. Um, coffee is great in it. Not so much with your connect. So you got to get rid of the connect. And, and that was a joke. And have the, 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 the mug instead. So we'd love for you to do that. If you're a regular, you know what to do with the connect. There's black boxes. In the back, um, you can. This is the last Sunday of the year, so this is your last opportunity on a Sunday morning to to share in the vision and and the the financial direction of the church. So use those boxes this morning if you would like, and uh, we would appreciate that. Welcome if you're watching online. Um, Merry Christmas. We don't. We haven't done this since well, I think it was 2016. Christmas hasn't been on a Sunday, and so. Uh, uh, we get to share this morning in a very special time. So, welcome. 
We have been exploring the lights before Christmas this season. We've looked at all kinds of stories and threads as we've pulled them to, to see what they teach us about the coming of the Savior. This morning's thread is really more like a rope, however, because it's not very subtle. Okay? The subtleness is in its fulfillment, not, not in the promise. And so this morning we are looking at, at a time in the kingdom where David is on the throne. His reign over Israel is fairly secure. It's a bit of a time of peace. And 2 Samuel 7 says this in verse 1. After the king was settled in his palace and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, he said to Nathan the prophet, Here I am living in a house of cedar while the ark of God remains in a tent. Nathan replied to the king, whatever you have in mind, go ahead and do it, for the Lord is with you. God's been with you the whole time, so whatever you think, just go for it. But then Nathan kind of talks to God about it, and God gives another message. God says, you know, I, I, you have done what I've wanted you to do, David. You have created a nation, a place for my people to dwell. And that's a really good thing. You've provided them home. And then God says this in verse 11. The Lord declares to you, that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name. I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. But my love will never be taken away from him as I took it away from Saul whom I removed from before you. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. The next 1,000 years or so of Israel's history is rather tumultuous. There's a king on the throne of David, and you can trace the lineage down to, to when Babylon comes. And when Babylon comes, it destroys Judah in the south and the kingdom and takes the king to Babylon and there's no more king. They come back to Israel, no king. Pretty soon the, 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 the Egyptians kind of take over and then the Greeks take over and then finally the Romans take over. And so when the New Testament opens, there is no throne of David. There is, well, there's a king, but he's not really even Jewish. He's from Edom. Oh, bad Edom, you know, from Esau. He's not really Jewish. And I wonder, is God really going to keep his promise? As the New Testament opens, that's the big question. It's not looking good. Why has God gone silent for so long? Is God dead? Is he asleep? What's going on? Sometimes we ask, where's God in our lives? Things don't go well death, disease, all kinds of things. And sometimes it gets so hard because we wonder, where is God when we need him? And we experience the difficulty and the frailty of life. And we wonder, where is God? And it's into that setting that Matthew opens his gospel with a genealogy. There's a wonderful way to start a book. He begat, he begat, he begat, you know, and on down. But what Matthew does is he says that this, this Jesus, he actually is in the line of David. 
It's, he's a direct descendant of that king through Solomon. So, so maybe there's some hope after all. Maybe God's going to step in. Maybe he's actually going to fix things. I don't know. But what I wanted to know was who makes the connection? Who's the one that looks back to 2 Samuel 7 and says, oh, this, this, this does directly tie into, into where the promise is going. That connection is made from a rather unexpected place. Matthew 2 verse 1 says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem. Gentile astrologers, prophets from the east, they come to see Herod. Verse 2 says, they ask Herod, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we've come to worship him. The first link that I could find in the New Testament to the promise back in 2 Samuel 7 comes from pagan astrologers, Gentiles from the east. The genealogy says this is a legitimate claim, but the, but the, but the magi, they make it specific. And so Matthew introduces some tension into this story. He says, who will I believe? Who am I really going to believe in this whole drama? Because if you're a first century reader, by now you're a little confused about what's really going on. Because you hate Herod. And Herod hates Jesus. So if I hate Jesus, I'm with Herod? My religious leaders, my rabbis, they all, they could have cared less. They didn't even know where he was supposed to be born. They asked, oh, they don't know, we'll look it up. But these Gentiles, they seem to know what, it, what this is all about. And I think Matthew is forcing us to think through the issues. Who am I going to believe? What's really going on here? Because if Jesus is born king of the Jews, then he is a threat to the life and the reign of Herod and his descendants. So he decides to eliminate that threat. But is Jesus a threat to us? I think in some senses he is. He's a threat to the comfortable life we want to live. I just want to live. We try everything, don't we, to find meaning and purpose in life. We build things, we save things, we influence things. We cling to life like Herod and the religious leaders. But Matthew is forcing us to consider this question. If Jesus is the king of our lives, then I can't be the king of my life. It's either him or me. But, but maybe the promise of this young king is worth it. Matthew says, I'm making lots of money collecting taxes. Do I want to give all that up for the promise of this young king? Is it worth it? The challenge as Matthew opens his book is, do you believe? Where's your loyalty? He's scrambling everything up. He's forcing us to think about what's really going on. Because the Magi, they seem to be getting it right, but they're pagan Gentiles. My local priest, he's got it wrong, but he's got the Torah. Come on. And Herod, he's the one with all the wealth and the power and the fame, and he's running social media and everything. Is he wrong? Where am I going to put my faith? Am I going to believe the promises of God? Because they all had the same information. They all knew a baby had been born in Bethlehem, so Herod tries to kill him. 
the scribes ignore him and the wise men worshiped him. So who will you follow? Who do you believe and then who do you follow? Because we believe that something extraordinary happened that night in Bethlehem. To this one set of parents, the heir to the throne of David was born. The one who would come and fulfill the promise. And when it comes to Christmas, we unashamedly confess that behind the carols and the bells and the singing, behind the decorations and the parties, behind the great sermons you've heard all month, is one undeniable truth that God became man in the person of the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. There is a king prepared for the throne of David. And not only do we believe that, we have staked our lives on that truth. So you're with Herod, the religious leaders, or the Magi from the East? Are you hostile to Jesus? You're just too busy to get involved? Or you're coming to worship him as Savior and Lord? And maybe you're just confused. We have an answer, a help for you if you're confused. We're going to start a class in two weeks. We call it, and this is the commercial, but before the cross class. You can ask any questions in that class. January 8th, 9 a.m., they meet to just talk about this Jesus, who he is, and what we believe about him. And that's where you need to go to get, to, to, to change life, to understand the truth of the New Testament. You can use your Connect to sign up for that this morning. Put it in the box, get a mug, whatever. But remember something this morning, that when Jesus was born, one truth rings out loud and clear. God is not dead. God is not asleep. Hope was born that night because God is seen keeping his promises. No matter how long they've been on the books, no matter how long, how much it looks like for, from our point of view, he's forgotten them. He has not. He says to David that he is the one who will build a house for the name of God and he will establish the throne of the kingdom of God forever. But my love will never be taken away from him as I took it from Saul your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. God's at work, even in our lives. Let me pray. Father, we thank you this morning for the wonderful hope that you keep your promises that you don't forget them, that you're not dead, that you're not asleep, but you're active and working in our world and in our lives to draw us to yourself. On this Christmas morning, may we not forget the hope that was born when Jesus arrived. It's his, his name we pray. Amen. This is a song based on an old poem, but the words feel perfect for a season like this one. And the melody may be unfamiliar to you, it may be a new melody, so feel free to just listen. 
And let these words sink in. I heard the bells on Christmas Day The old familiar carols play And wild and sweet the words repeat Peace on earth, good will to men. Peace on earth, good will to men. I thought how as the days had come, the belfries of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song. Of peace on earth, good will to men. Peace on earth, good will to men. And in despair I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong and mocks the song. Of peace on earth, good will to men. Peace on earth, good will to men. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead nor doth he sleep. The right shall fail, and the right prevail, with peace on earth, good will to men. Peace on earth, good will to men. It's a pretty important line that I sang the wrong words on. You gonna let me do it again? The wrong's not gonna prevail. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. Here we go. The wrong shall fail and the right prevail. With peace on earth, good will to men. Peace on earth, good will to men. I feel better about that. heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet the words repeat, of peace on earth, good will to men. Peace on earth, good will to men. Peace on earth. Good will to men. In just a moment, uh, we are going to light our candles and we're going to sing Silent Night. And uh, this has become somewhat of a, a tradition that we do. And uh, you might be wondering why, but really there, there's, there's two simple uh, truths behind it. The first is just this, simply. In the midst of a, a season that is 
uh, so loud and distracting and truthfully often stressful. I think this gives us a moment to uh, quietly reflect uh, on the beauty and on the wonder of the miracle uh, that, that we celebrate today. And the second thing I think really builds off it, it's you know, we sing about the light of the world. We worship the light of the world. The theme is lights. But we see in Matthew 28, we're not just called to, to celebrate the light of the world, but we're also called to pass it on. And so uh, as you have this moment where you kind of pass the flame one by one to each other, you, you get kind of this representation of our call as well. And so it, it's not just a moment of beauty and, and silence, but it's also um, almost a call of action as well. And so I encourage you to lean into that. Ushers, you can come forward and light your candles. I want to give you just a, a quick instruction uh, as you do it as well. We have a kind of a golden rule uh, when it comes to fire. It's fire always stays upright, okay? The fire always stays upright. So if your candle is lit, just go ahead and keep your candle upright. If your candle is unlit, then you can go in uh, to the person standing next to you and kind of light your flame. You can tilt it to get in there. But if your candle's lit, you're just going to want to keep it upright. Ushers, you can light it and then uh, disperse. Son of God.
as we hold these lights in our hands. May we know just even a glimpse of what it is that we carry. We carry a symbol of the light of the world, the eternal light of salvation, the light of hope, the light that the darkness will never overwhelm. Thank you, Lord, for sending your son. Thank you, Jesus, for entering this chaos, this craziness for humbling yourself to come and rescue people like me, people like us. We're so grateful. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to sing one more song. You can blow your candles out. We would ask you, beg you. After the service is over, you are free to come up anywhere you want to, to take pictures with your family, whatever you want to do, help yourself. But let us remind ourselves of one more truth, that the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And because we know the light of the world, this day brings us great joy. There's nothing more amazing than Jesus coming among us. Let's stand together. We're going to remind ourselves of the great joy that this day brings us. All right, come on. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. We're gonna do that first verse one more time. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive a king. Let every prepare him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven, heaven and nature sing. Merry Christmas. Thank you for being with us today. Have a great day.